Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this Sunday morning is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, the Islanders lost two games and it looked like the season was over. And then they won two games and now it looks like the season is back on again. Just in time for them to take a week off <laughs> before the All-Star break. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the Islanders have not, uh, they're not dead yet. This, the reports of their death have been premature. And uh, it's a weird feeling because like a week ago we were just so mad. And so upset. And now I'm almost like, hmm, can they do it? I don't know. What are you feeling? That that's a it's a I would have signed up for that. Hmm? Can they do it <laughs> feeling, you know, uh wholeheartedly on, on Wednesday night when, when when they were skating off the ice against the Senators hmm. uh, in a two one loss that was I was extremely apathetic about and that was my biggest issue. Like the next day I was having my uh, you know, usual inner monologue about the Islanders uh, all day long. It lasts all day. And the whole time I was like, you know, the worst part about this is that you feel apathetic towards them right now. Like I'm not excited about the games, but I'm also not, you know, mad about them because there's, we're in this like weird limbo where you, you're kind of resigned to the fact that the season feels over. So if they lose whatever, and if they win, you know, there's a lot more uh, that they have to work, they have to do. Um, and that's what I was you know, saying to, my my dad, he was like, you you want to go to the games this weekend? And I said, I don't want to go to the game on Friday night because if they win Friday night, it really doesn't matter unless they win Saturday night. Right. Um, so because there's just so much more work that they have to do. And uh, then 
you know, so that that Friday night was such a weird viewing experience. One because it was on ESPN, and I'm like, this, yeah, why is this going on? <laughs> like, it's, it, it was like one more little needle because we, 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 I think we, it look, it does for right now. It looks like Wednesday was rock bottom for this team, yeah. um, and then just just a little reminder from the universe of of where the Islanders that if you know hell is being an Islanders fan kind of reminder that uh, the game that drags you out of uh, rock bottom is going to be called by the devil himself, uh, John Bucci-Gross. <laughs> <laughs> he's he, he said the word mitten within two minutes of like the game started, and I turned turn, quickly hit the volume, um, mm. the mute button. I, sorry, but I was listening to that game, and I thought, you know what? I think he's actually gotten better, and yet he's still the worst. Like it's, I, just, it, it, it's so weird that you had that. I was thinking like this: this is the best game he's called, and I think yeah. it's probably the the third worst game that I've listened to this <laughs> season. And the other two were also called by him. Yeah, um, exactly. So, because uh, you know what it was, he just didn't talk the whole time. That was the difference. Yes. But uh, this, he he still is driving me up a wall. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, like you said, like that that Saturday game was. You went to the game with my dad, and uh, one of the things about Island, the Islander fan base, and Islander fans, and the franchise itself is you have to give you don't have to give the Islander fan base much reason to show up. Uh, like we will rally around a big game. We will make it a big game, even if it isn't. I remember last year, uh, like when they were like 11 points within the capital be- between them and the capitals and they had all these games in hand and there was one game and, uh, it might've even been against the capitals where it's like, if they win this game, they have, you know, they, they technically can catch beat, you know, catch, catch the capitals if they win their games in hand and, and beat the capitals in, in the two remaining games they had left. It was, it was, you were jumping through hoops to make this a big game. And the fan base really rallied around it, and the Islanders put up a dud. Or you can go back to that 2006-7 miracle season where they they had to win those last four games and a parlay of things had to happen outside uh, for them mm. to make it. And they beat the Rangers. And, and the fan, obviously, you know, it was an Islander-Ranger game, so you can't really judge that one. There's always going to be a great atmosphere. But then the next game was against the Maple Leafs at Nassau Coliseum. And the Islanders are still such a long shot to make the playoffs. And yet that building was packed. I, I was there and it was just packed and it was buzzing. Uh, the Islanders win that game. Uh, and all of a sudden you, you kind of felt like, oh man, this little miracle could happen. So going into the Vegas game, I was pretty su- surprised with like how, I don't want to say upbeat, but how into the, the game the, the crowd was because I was expecting to walk into a little bit of a, you know, bear pit people showing up with pitchforks and lanterns more than you know <laughs> islander signs um yeah. but this it just was a reminder that this fan base like we haven't seen many big games like i know the past you know the trots era was was chock full of them compared to the rest of them and that's pretty recent but you know over my 30 something years on this planet the islanders have played very few big games compared to the rest of the league uh, or at mm. least like the the, the competent franchises um so so there's still big deals to us like i if there's islanders are playing a you know a must-win game i want to be in the building and there's a lot of people like that uh, around here even if that must-win game is on halloween or if it's on valentine's day or if it's in april because it's actually an actual playoff game um the fan base will show up for it and and that's like the part of the tragedy of this season is or or who knows now like it, it does feel like a shakespearean tragedy where i don't know what act we're in or how many acts are in a shakespearean tragedy but uh I feel like we're we're in the we just went through the a valley and hopefully there's a peak coming um, in eight days and and mm. thank God we have seven days now oh, off yeah. where the season's not over and the Islanders <laughs> are are not playing um, yeah but uh, I don't know what part of the tr- 
you know Shakespearean tragedy we're in. Uh, mm. But what what the Islanders did was they guaranteed themselves at least like a couple more important games out of the break, and the fan base will show up for those games. And that, like I said, that's part of the tragedy of this the season is like you really don't have to do that much to get this fan base to rally around the team. Like we want this team to succeed at all costs and we want to be the scrappy underdog to make a run and whatever. So if you just do a little bit, if you just score, maybe you score three goals in a game. Like we just want something to cling on to um, and we will show up for it. Uh, And, and it looked for, for a good bit there. Um, It really looked like that team wasn't even going to be able to clear that low bar of just give us like, a semi-important game a game that the rest of the league looks at and is like that game that's what a terrible game i'm not gonna watch <laughs> islanders flyers like we will right. show up for that game because yeah. we that's all we ask for that like we ask for so little um and right. it looks like we're getting that now i feel like we we talked about that maybe last week or the week before but you know that you're right uh, we we don't ask much we ask for an honest effort and a good team that is gonna you know play play big games against good opponents and Go to the playoffs, that kind of thing, and it goes and back games to is, big games. Is not like big game, like Bruins Lightning on NBC yeah. Sports. The winner wins the Atlantic Division. No big game for us is like the bar is so low. Just give us the clear that little bar, please. And yeah, uh, right. I think they they might have done it. Yeah, well, and and the the poster child for that ethos is that 2002 team that we talk about all the time. Like that team lost a series in the first round, but it was their first playoff series in seven years. And they and the other team beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and, they, you know, guys mm-hmm. showed up in big moments and there were huge, huge things. And we were, like you said, the Islanders were the underdog all the way. And, and you know, they didn't win, but it's like a Rocky story. And somehow, you know, that that season endures, that team endures 30 years later uh, because of that. And, it didn't, you know, the fact that they lost is almost irrelevant. It's, you know, right. they, they gave an honest effort and they were a good team and they, they put together a good season. And, and we all appreciate that. Because it hasn't happened that often, as you as you said, at least not since uh, the early 80, 40 years ago. But um, yeah, it's funny how much that two nothing win over Detroit. Let's talk about the wins first, and then we'll get to the losses because they happened a while ago. But uh, it's funny how a two nothing win over one of the worst teams in the conference will do to your uh, psyche. Uh, it changes everything, and you know we, we've here been we've been pissing on the Islanders for weeks now. But man, give them credit they they played really well in that game. And yeah, okay, fine. Detroit is not good. They were on the second of a back to back. Islanders, you know, at least had a day off. Um, they, you know, the this Red Wings team is very strange because it, you know, there's a bunch of guys playing. One guy went to the penalty box. You know, these guys, you know, get passes, and you're just like, who? Who are these people? And listen, I, we're Islanders fans. We get it. People do that to us all the time. But like, these are the, still the Red Wings to me. You know, I'm I'm still half expecting like Chris Draper and Kirk Maltby to still be out there. And I'm looking yeah. at these guys, like, well, who are these guys? J- Jake um, Wallman wears number 96, which like, I don't know if Thomas Holmstrom <laughs> deserves to have his number retired, but like, you can't, you can't be a Red Wing and wear number 96. And yeah, I'm, that's, like, I'm like, is that, Tom, is, he, is, is Thomas Holmstrom still, you know, very... m- m- causing a scene? Cause Wallman <laughs> got into it and, and with like, I think it was yeah. Romanov and Mayfield. And I don't know who else, Pajot maybe. And I was like, yeah. I, I had like a weird flashback to, to Holmstrom uh, that is in those little sc- scruffles. That is a curious choice, uh, yeah. for sure, uh, to take that number of all those people. But, uh, but you know, but again, give them credit. Like they, the Islanders essentially dominated that game, and for the Islanders, that means winning two to nothing. You know, and it's like we'll get to that in a second, where they they won two games by with a combined four goals, which uh, may or may not be uh, a good sign. But uh, Elias Sorokin was magnificent in this game. Twenty three saves. 
doesn't really do justice to to just how good he was. He was not going to get beat that night. You kind of knew right from the get go. And uh, Anders Lee scored a fun goal from his stomach, which was kind of cool. Uh, Brock Nelson had a nice tip, so he he got back. You know, he's got a, goals in a couple, which is nice. Um, it was the first third period goal the Islanders had scored in a hundred years, which is kind of cool too. And um, Detroit for at five on five was essentially useless. They couldn't do anything. They got a lot of shots in the power play, which was again a very curiously uh, refereed game. But again, giving the Islanders a ton of credit, uh, they played really well. And uh, you know, like we just said, that that game made the game that you went to a completely different game because have they lost that game? Those torches and pitchforks would have 100% been out for that game against Vegas, but they weren't because, you know, that was a TCB win. Take care of business. And they did it. And so that was good. We, we need more of that. Could have used, you know, maybe would have been five. Nothing would have made a lot of people feel a lot better, but I'll take two nothing. And uh, and especially when, you know, what, what do they have? How many did they lose? Six, six before that. So, yeah, you know, they needed it and they got it. So it was pretty good. Uh, not the most fun game in the world to watch. It's a little bit boring, to be honest with you, but. Again, I'll take it. Can't complain too much. Yeah, they um they were they were getting made fun of by Steve Levy. Um, you know, <laughs> Steve Levy's making fun of you. Like, oh God. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Long Island. Uh, Come on, Steve. Get me your <laughs> get it going going to the to the studio where it's Steve Levy and uh Ryan Callahan and, and, and Kevin Weeks who like God love Kevin Weeks, but you know, every he's he's Mr. Hyperbole uh when mm. he's when he's in on a broadcast, so I was like, Jesus Christ, like, didn't give me some, some break that I can get away from this kind of shtick that this, right. this broadcast gives me from, from Bucciagrass to, to Levy to Weeks. It's a good God. I, I thought I was going to hear like a boom shakalaka in there and, and faint. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, uh, yeah, the game itself I thought was inspiring in its boredom because <laughs> it was, they like taking care of business, very few, Mistakes. Won a lot of games playing that way over the last yeah, couple like of years. It, you know? it was almost like the team made the decision that we're just going to have to do this is how we're going to have to grind out results. And you yeah. saw some of that, I guess, in the Senators game, uh, especially towards the end of, of the game. I thought the Islanders played like a good third period or se- second half of the second period and third period in Ottawa. Hmm. And they lose that game. And I was expecting them, I was like, this is either going to come, this game's going to go one of two ways. They're either going to barnstorm the the red wings because they're a better team than them and they death they're desperate for a win or the red wings they're just gonna be flat the red wings will beat them and we can truly you know write the close the door on this this team and it was neither of those things they played a very you know buttoned up professional game sorokin shut out um and i like you said like that that game made the vegas game have a completely different feel to it and it turned it into one of these big games only if you're an islander fan and uh kind of moments and like i said the, the fan the fans in that game at, at the vegas game i thought were awesome for for a team that is still a long shot to make the playoffs relatively and um <laughs> you know and we there's there was two two um additions to the islanders recent additions to the islanders that that i think really made a, a difference in not just the red wings game but also uh, but also just this team generally uh mm. One is Kyle Palmieri and one is the hold steady. Like it seems like that those two, <laughs> those two coming into the uh, you know Palmieri returning from injury and and the hold steady just showing up to the Islander game and whoever whoever coordinated the hold steady being in the building, uh, my hat is off to you. That's one of my favorite 
bands. Mm-hmm. I think it's the band I've probably seen more than any other band once dumped a, a beer on Craig Finn's head. Um, <laughs> but that it, it did kind of just like change, at least for me personally, like change my vibe about the team. Um, and Palmieri just makes such a difference on like the whole steady make the difference off the ice. Uh, mm-hmm. Palmieri's presence on the ice makes a huge difference because Nelson Lee and Palmieri, that's a formidable second line and and it and in and in a funny way it just really shows how badly the islanders need someone to to work with matt barzell because they are going to do this the job of a second line of a good second line which which the the job of a good second line is to provide support for the first line you know if if your first line is supposed to or your second line is supposed to score let's say you know three goals every five games or something Mm -hmm. your first line is supposed to score four goals every five games and you know go down the list your lines are uh and but the islanders second line is doing that right now i think Mm. there was a point where lee or or nelson had scored the islanders last seven goals uh before barzell's overtime winner uh and 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 i mean even the third line like the pajot parisi like that they're gonna do the job of a third line it's just literally the first line is the one that just needs it and and we've gone over it so don't need to go too much into it but that that's what paul married's done and he's looked like a beast out there like Mm. he's he wins every puck battle he gets the puck deep when he needs to. He keeps the cycle going. He gets shots on goal. And let me tell you, he doesn't score. It's <laughs> it's outrageous to see someone not score the chances he gets. And I don't think it's like his, this might sound homerish, but it doesn't, it's not his fault that he's not scoring. Like he had a, he had a shot yesterday where there was like a, a calamity of bodies in front of Logan Thompson. And one player on Vegas was just like falling down with his ass facing Kyle Palmieri and it just happened to hit I think it was Alec Martinez mm. and I'm like this guy like I kind of I kind of hope he doesn't ever score again in, in like a sick <laughs> sadistic way um, because he's doing everything but doing but scoring and it's the difference between like him and like Anthony Beauvillier or even Casey Zizekas on the first line where Barzell is, is providing these guys with golden looks every time mm. he's out on the ice he, he was flying against the Knights I thought uh, yes. but the when 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 he does that he creates all this space and finds Beauvillier on a two-on-one or Sezikis alone in the slot. Yeah, their their attempts are feeble. Whereas Palmieri's are like they're not feeble. Like they're, he's putting everything. He's he's it's it's not a lack of confidence. It is just a lack of God's honest luck. Um, it's so ridiculous. It's <laughs> I don't know if I've uh, ever seen anything like it because we go back to last year too. Like it was a running joke with the team. Like just how how unlucky it was, and the fact that it's popped back up again is is just out outrageous. But um. Yeah, that that second line I thought was starting to become a story in 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 the Red Wings game, and it carried into the um, the Senators game, and before we, I mean, into the Knights game. And before we get there, I do want to just say, like, I was so happy to see the hold steady in the building. I was the, my decision <laughs> was, like I said, if they won against Detroit, I was going to go to the game on Saturday night. If they lost against Detroit, I was going to go uh, see the hold steady in uh, at Music Hall Williamsburg. Uh, and and you got both. <laughs> yeah, yeah i wish i got i, I know i wish I, yeah. I i wish uh i was in the building actually for that red wings game although it's probably for the best that i wasn't uh but um i uh that stuff is great like th- those kind of random like and maybe it's just uh bias because i like to hold steady but those those it's extremely that, random but to the people that love the hold steady it's like holy shit like they're they're in the right. they're in an islanders game and this is great uh, but a week ago, and I'm, I'm really mad at myself for getting to bring this up on the last podcast, but we had a lot to talk about at the Bruins game. The Islanders had the Rangers play-by-play guy 
Don LaGreca in the building because he's part of the Michael K show. And they were like, look who's here, everyone, Michael K. And, and I, I'm a Mike Francesa, you know, mm. fan, obviously, from from my Francesa con days. And, and I text Mike still and, and we're, we're buddies. And um, so I hate Michael K just out of my loyalty to, to Mike. <laughs> but that wasn't my problem. My problem was that the Islanders made a, a to-do and to mm. show the Rangers play-by-play guy mm. at the Islanders game. Just don't, that's bad juju. Like, that's really, that's really bad juju. Like, you can show Michael K without Don LaGreca, whatever, or, or Michael K and his really annoying sidekick. I can't remember the guy's name. And, and, well, and Michael Don. K is not the Rangers play-by-play guy. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. Even if he was a Ranger fan. Like, when they had Jimmy Fallon on, like, you're like, yeah, come well, on. Like, he's had Ranger games all the time, but it's not like he's the Rangers play-by-play guy. Like, this is the Rangers play-by-play. This, that'd be like if the Yankees had, you know, Jerry Remy or or whoever's calling the Red, uh, Red Sox games. Like, they're just not going to do it. Like, because – the clout doesn't matter to this team that getting a right. clip of Michael K at an Islander game being like, look, we exist. Like Michael K even saw us with his two eyes, like own two eyes. Uh, right. That just doesn't matter. We don't need that. We just, that's bad juju and bad karma. <laughs> so more of the hold steady. Never again with Don LaGreca. Yeah. It's weird. K had uh, got received. And actually the, I guess the whole crew had received some retro, reverse retro jerseys from John Ledecky. He was kind of on them. So I guess Ledecky's a fan. I don't know. He's just like, maybe he's a, a very uh, consistent and loyal Michael K listener. I don't know, but it, it is very weird that like, you know, the, the only exception to that would be like, you know, they do that sometimes with Chico Resch, Chico, when he does Chico, yeah, games, but he's Chico Resch. Like yeah. he's or got like Joe Micheletti. Like, like, yeah. We, right. <laughs> thoughts of Joe Micheletti are better left unsaid right now. Cause I think he's, you know, whatever, but right. if he's in the building, he used to call Islander games. Right. Like, so yeah. it, there's sure. something like Don LaGreca hates the island. He didn't, he didn't wear his jersey. Like the, they showed him on the screen and, and, and to his credit, like didn't mm-hmm. hold up the jersey or anything. He just like kind of like waved and looked away from yeah. the camera because he's a Ranger fan. And he's it was probably as, it was probably as uncomfortable for him as it was for you. Right. Like, that's, I think he was probably like, guys, don't do this. It was John Ledecky's plan. If he's like, I want to bring this guy and make him feel a right. squirm on camera at UBS Arena. <laughs> fine. All's forgiven. But I don't think that's yeah. what it is. I really think that this guy is just so obsessed yeah. with him. You know, yeah, like who's in that? Who's in the building yeah. every game? But it's uh, there was another uh, Law and Order actor, Peter Scanavino, yeah. was also there. Uh, he's been there before, though. So I, I think just, we, we, we were joking before that like every actor on Law and Order has been into an Islanders game. If any, yeah. has Marishka been there? Because if not, she's the only one that matters. So we'll her and Malone. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to just work his <laughs> way up and be like, look, these people yeah. are having a good time. But yeah, I'm like, and it, she's it, definitely at the top of the ladder. So you got you got to work. We're a couple there. losses away from them being like, and look, it's the cast of Cougar Town. Um, you know, like it's <laughs> wow. it's it, it's. Be, you That's know, cool. the, we have to really reach into the depths of canceled, <laughs> canceled shows to, yeah, exactly. to like, like, oh man, we just, we got denied by, you know, the middle and, and, and Malcolm in the middle or whatever. And, and now we got to, <laughs> we got to keep going down the list just so we can get a, who's in the house building. Yeah, it, it is very. And again, I, I had to look twice at that hold steady tweet because yeah. I was like, no, wait, what? Why are they there? I'm not as huge a fan as you are. I like them. I got a couple of their albums. Uh, I'm a huge fan of their lead guitarist, Tad Kubler, because even though the Hold Steady are, you know, they're rock band, they get compared to Springsteen a lot. This dude has been very vocal about how he grew up on like Judas Priest and Thin Lizzy and, and Led Zeppelin. So he can get out there and shred when he wants to. Uh, and I appreciate that. And sometimes some songs he does. He can really melt a face or two if he if when he wants to. But uh, I just love that. Kind and they're of, big sports fans. Like the Craig yeah. Finn is a huge twins fan. Uh, yeah they're yeah so yes so, so it, like makes sense that that they were there like maybe like they were like oh we're gonna catch the game maybe they like like let the islanders yeah. know that they were coming to the game 
Um, yeah, probably probably didn't pay for. But yeah, more more of that. Like we don't need to. Yeah, we just okay. don't need to keep seeing the, like the Grey's Anatomy, you know, cast and stuff. <laughs> like it's just it's just weird. It's it like weird. The, like the, oh, we'll well. never forget the Hideki Matsui one because that was great. Like, right. but like there's there's like the this Venn diagram of yeah. like weird but good, and then there's yeah. weird, and then there's just not what you well, want, and, and the I, Islanders are I scattering mean, them all over the place. For me, like weird TV show stars are one thing because at least it's TV, and I, maybe I'm just old, but like at least if you're on television, even something like a streaming show, that's fine. No more YouTube celebrities, please. Don't ever invite the YouTube guy <laughs> there because oh, yeah. nobody wants it. But it's, the whole study are one thing. Even the Law and Order po- folks are one thing, but please, no, no more, no more YouTube, TikTok, social it's media. So people. weird that we definitely don't need. But I am glad you brought up Paul Mary because I do want to talk about this because at some point, and you're right. All right, so well, real quick. 2-1 overtime win over Vegas. Um, again, they played well. Again, Vegas was coming off a of back-to-back. Um, I thought they played pretty well, at least at the start of the game. Vegas kind of took over by the end of it. But uh, another great uh, Palmieri drove to the net. Lee ended up picking up uh, the rebound or whatever, or pushing the goal past, uh, the puck past. The Knights tied the game. It was a wild OT, very back and forth, until Matt Barzell was just like, I'm doing this. And he just took a wicked wrist shot from the slot. Matt, buddy. Just do that more often, please, because the guys you're trying to feed passes to on your line just ain't getting it done. We all love Casey Sezikis. He, for whatever reason, he's still on this line. I don't know because they have they have accounted for zero goals. They they don't create anything. He's just not ready for these passes. Bo again, I just I don't know what's going on with this guy. He gets these shots, and they had a beautiful two on one, and the guy made a great save. And I just at that point, I felt Bo just kind of checked out for the rest of the game. I don't know. He had, he had, a, he made the pass to Barzell in overtime. So maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but um, you know, Barzell can do that kind of stuff, but he's always looking to make an extra pass. And it's like, dude, those guys, they're not going to, they're not going to score. Um, so again, you know, that changes everything. The Penguins lost earlier in the day to San Jose. I don't know how that happened, but who cares? The Islanders are now two points out behind them. Don't look at the, <laughs> the, the games in hand. Cause you're just going to get depressed again. I guess we'll get to that in a little bit. And Varlamov was fantastic in that game. He had 44 yeah. saves, one sick, insane stick save in the second period. You'll be going to see a lot. So, um, you know, it, it was a good performance again, you know, the, the, yeah. Okay. Fine. The Knights had the better play later, but, uh, the Islanders, I don't think played all that poorly. As I say, if the Islanders were a normal team that could score two or three goals a game or, right. or finish their chances, that game would have been over in the first. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and like you said, Palmieri was really good. He had a sliding block at one point in overtime. He was a he was a demon out there, but he also somehow has forgotten how to score goals. And at some point, we need an explanation for how why this has happened because this man, at one time, believe it or not, kids, was one of the most consistent goal scorers in the, in the NHL. Like he gets, I was looking this up. He when he got traded from Anaheim to New Jersey, his next five years after that. He had 30 goals, 26, 24, 27, 25 in his next five full seasons as a New Jersey Devil. In his, what, two-plus years, whatever, as an Islander, regular season, 23 goals. So he has scored less goals in two years as an Islander than he did in his worst year <laughs> with New Jersey. What happened? I don't understand. And the funny thing is, like, you know, we sit here, and a lot of even national guys, Kevin Weeks, was ta- not Kevin Weeks, uh, P.K. Subban was talking about this. This week, and uh, you know, he was like, you know, the Islanders are old and slow. They they need somebody to score. Elliot Friedman's been talking about this. They need somebody to score, and it's like, yeah, okay, but I thought that was supposed to be Palmieri. And like, look, 
again, the guy's out there working. He seems like a great guy. He fit right into the room. He's scored huge playoff goals for this team. Um, but what happened if, if he was having a 26 goal season or on pace for one, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Like you said, if this was a normal team and you know, he could have translated that really good period into two goals or a goal and two assists that game, like you said, would have, would have been more or less, you know, in hand and maybe not over, but you know, they would have had a much, much higher, much more of a leg up. But instead, this guy just something about it. Was it the uniforms? Is it the lighting at the arena? Like, I don't understand what. How did this guy's goal scoring just dry up? This is the whole point of acquiring this guy <laughs> was he was like clockwork. He just, you know, he was 26 between somewhere between 25 and 30 goals every year. Great. Sign me up. And now not. So they have to go out and find yeah. someone. You know, now everybody wants Timo Meyer or whatever. Like, that's fine. But I thought this was supposed to be the guy. I don't I don't know. It's just. It's amazing to me that this has happened. And again, like, you know, you, we're sitting here laughing. We, we have the text chain going through the game. And it's like, Palmieri's unbelievable. Like, he just does all, he does everything you want him to do except score goals. Mm-hmm. And it's probably not his fault. Like you said, it's probably just, maybe it's just dumb luck, which sucks. Because <laughs> I don't know how you fix it. How, do you, how does that change? But it would definitely change the complexion of this team if this man was back up to his 26, 27 goal days. I know. And, and you know what's the, the he was playing so well, I thought, going into the, the injuries and he was scoring a little bit. Yeah, like he, when, he had yeah. like six goals and whatever, and then he, he got hurt. We talked was, about was, that. Yeah, and he looked pretty good. Yeah. And um you know, it's it's like people people compare him to Andrew Ladd, which I think is very unfair because the like Andrew Ladd was closer to Brian Ralston type where he was there were just some games where it's just like, oh, I guess like this guy just is just gonna take the night off and <laughs> not, not really not really play hard um, Mary's never been as invisible as lad right. used to be in certain games and and i think this all kind of goes back to the point i was talking about before when when your first line is playing is matt barzell playing in between casey Zizekas and another player who just can't buy a goal could you know, even a stretch like a stretch of goals in anthony bovillier like all of a sudden the teams teams aren't being hemmed in by you're an elite first line they, So the second line can't pick up the scraps and make life a little easier. And that's, that's part of this problem is that if your first line isn't controlling the the ice when they're out there, especially at home, when you're supposed to get the matchups they want, then it's a problem because that means you're putting so much pressure on the second line. So the, the magnifying glass comes out on guys like Paul Mary. And, and before he came back to the lineup, you know, Zizekas, I'm not Zizekas, I'm Beauvillier and, and Bailey, et cetera. And, and, and I'm not saying Bovillia and Bailey deserve ex- or should be excused for what their seasons they're putting together, but it they're they're being asked too much if 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 this is where you're putting them in the lineup and um then it just is a trickle down effect. Mm-hmm. Palmieri to me like was was maybe the best player on the ice last night outside of Varlamov, who uh was like you said outstanding. Um yeah. He Probably in his reverse retro, he looked so much like Tommy Sala because he had the white pads. <laughs> the fisherman logo, the Navy blue Jersey, and even his helmet. I'm like, Oh my God. Like the way he, his like size, everything about him. Like Jesus Christ. I half expect Mike Milbury to run out there and and, then make this guy cry because he looks just like Tommy Sallow. I was having these weird flashbacks (laughs) to it. Like the lighting, everything. It was so strange. The only thing, the only difference was that the team in front of him wasn't getting pasted six one. Um, (laughs) And uh, Uh, Real quick on those fisherman jerseys, by the way, for all the hemming and hawing and temper tantrums that people threw about going back to that logo, it's done. It's over. They're done wearing them for the rest of the season. It was like three games in December and two games in January, and they're done. 
So was it worth it? Like, I don't understand. It's done. <laughs> it's like pulling off the bandaid. Who cares? Gosh, jeez. Um, but yeah, he, he really looked like Salo and it was awesome. Yeah. He was really good. Uh, and it like, it's the Islanders have, have scored two goals in their last two games. One of those goals came after regulation and they've won both of them. Um, I don't really <laughs> understand. Like when you can, we can talk about the losses is like this team can't score. This team can't score. Mm. Uh, but when the wins are this coming by two one or two nothing, it's just unbelievable that they still haven't addressed that need. And and now that it's getting some national attention, I I I give credit to uh, Jeff Marrick and Elliot Friedman for the way they kind of covered the Islanders um, the past few you know ten days. It only took the Islanders to go on a six game losing streak for them to get a little <laughs> bit of attention. That, that that oh by the way the Islanders are participating in the National Hockey League again this season. Uh, they've lost six in a row. Uh, they can't score. And but they what I thought was true is like they were they were saying like they have to work so damn hard to score. Yeah. Uh, that they just need someone. And and Marek threw out Patrick Lyonet, and then they were talking about Timo Meyer or whatever, and Tarasenko and, and all this stuff. And I, I, it, it, to me, like, it almost, I, I think there's a lot of risk with, with Tarasenko, the injury risk, but yeah. it, I, it almost doesn't matter to me who, who they get. Cause I, I don't, or who people think they're going to get or want them to get. Cause I just don't <laughs> think they're going to do anything. Like we just haven't seen anything, uh, any, any, yeah any reason to believe that but uh here's here, the islanders in january real quick um bad month uh, but here's the their hold on one sec sorry just had to uh clear my throat but here's 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 um the islanders in january what uh their their goal output per game one goal six goals two goals one 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 two three and since that three goal effort, which was a loss against the Capitals in, in overtime, mm. one, two, 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 one, two, two. <laughs> that's that's two games in this month where the Islanders have scored more than two goals. <laughs> yeah, it's and we know the yeah. power play. Like it's outrageously. What the power play is now? What three for sixty five? I want to say six, sixty five or sixty six. They only had one. Yeah. There was a play yesterday where it, it looked like a clear trip. Um, yeah, uh, someone skating through the neutral zone. I think it was Palmieri actually, and. Uh, when it happened, the person behind me is like, I just don't even, I'm not even going to get mad about a missed call. I just don't care. Um, right. Cause I think the Islanders power play ineptitude right now, we all have these lists of like the weirdest things that have happened to the Islanders in your lifetime. Mm. And there's an on the ice list. And then there's the <laughs> off the ice list. Um, mm. And I think going three for 66 in a power play when your team is not, it's, this isn't the 99, 2000 Islanders. It's, uh, it's yeah. on maybe making its way onto the list. I mean, it's it's so crazy because like sometimes their power play looks good. Like sometimes they're whipping it around and they've got movement going. Sometimes they can't even get in the zone. And then at the end of the day, they don't score. And it's it gets right back to what I was saying about Palmieri. Like, I don't know what it is about some of the guys on this team that you just don't score in certain situations, even though they have scored in the past. Like, you know, okay, fine. The Islanders have never had a great power play in a long time, but like not a three for 65 bad power play. Well, <laughs> why can't Nelson? I mean, all right, if I, he had, no, he did not score. Like, you know, he's, why can't Nelson score in the power play? Why can't Barzell? Why can't Lee? I don't understand. Lee is this supposed to be great net front guy. What's he doing? I just, I don't, it, I don't get it. And I, I, so is it, um, is it, uh, John McClain is in charge of the power play? I don't know. Is that right? Cause yeah. I think it, it doesn't, I don't even yeah. think it matters. Like, no, at, at, but at this point, like, they keep talking about oh we, we you know we made some tweaks like 
no, t- tweaks are what you make when you're 0 for 11 on a power play in a week. <laughs> well, you go 0 for 6 one night and it just looks bad. Yeah. Like, you don't tweak something that's 3 for 66 over, we're going to be two months. Like, that's an over. You need an overhaul. Like you, you, just, you need to, to to completely start anew. Um, so. I mean, when they're calling up Dennis Chalowski from a from Bridgeport, <laughs> and then he's immediately installed on power play one. That's yeah, like Duke, a sign Duke of desperation. Now, yeah, yeah Bolduc too. Yeah, he's played pretty well too. Yeah, I mean, and no offense to these guys, but like, what are we? What is going on? Like, how is this possible that none of these guys now? And Dobson has been hurt, and that's fine. But that was only the last couple of games. Like. He was he was part of you know part of a zero for forty whatever power play before he got hurt. So I I don't know and I don't get it. And it's you know it might maybe it it might literally just be dumb luck. And I know they're people that are like oh they don't have any talent. Yeah, that's probably true too. But this is where their depth also starts to hurt them because you can only try so many different people. I mean they're not going to put Matt Martin on the power play. Like they, I don't remember they tried that. I think Capuano tried that. Happy. One time. Yeah. <laughs> Like Clarebuck played a little while. I don't know. Yeah. If that, I think that might have been trash, but um, I, I it's I don't know. Yeah. It's and it's infuriating. And like the, like that person sitting behind you, I don't even want to see them on the power play because yeah. I don't even care. Like it's, it's just not going like, to help. Yeah, you. Missed calls. Like I only get mad when the Islanders get bad calls against them. Now I don't really care about the missed calls right. that go against yeah. them. But um, and and all this kind of brings me back to where they are, which is yeah, they're three for sixty-five on the power play over two months stretch. Mm. It's it should not be lost on anyone how crazy that is to hear. Right. Even though we just talked about it for three minutes, that's insane. Um, and they've scored more than two goals. Not, tw- yeah. Excuse me. No, I was gonna say for a team that's not gunning for right. a first overall pick, those right. numbers are insane. <laughs> and then, and the other thing is they've scored two goals. They scored more than two goals twice in a month, um, and yet the Islanders are only two points back of the Penguins. Games, I know games in hand, whatever, but like. They're in this, like, they're just by yeah. looking at the standings, like, they're still in it, um, despite all that. Yeah. It's it's yeah. both a, an indictment on not getting this team some help on the yeah. roster and also kind of impressive, the guys that have been, you know, keeping them in it, which mm-hmm. is mainly the goaltenders and Brock Nelson yeah. and, you know, Barzell at times <laughs> and stuff. So, like, it's... I mean... It's, you can feel any way you want about the way the season's gone. I think is is the point. Like, you can be a little bit encouraged by it. You can be right. sell, sell, sell. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't judge anyone for anything, feeling anything about this team right now. Well, earlier this season, they were one of the highest scoring teams. Like yeah. through two months, they were the highest yeah. scoring one of the highest scoring teams in the league, and they had like the best goal differential, and they weren't giving up any any goals. Like that was two months. That was through October, and November. They were one of the best teams. In the conference, they were like second behind whoever it was, New Jersey at the time, and they were rolling. And then the December and January have just absolutely destroyed them. This January more than December, but it's unbelievable. So yeah, you're not kidding. You you definitely can feel a lot of different ways about this season. Um, just real quick, just to kind of tie a bow on all these. Uh, these two wins were were again very important to our psyche and the Islanders' place in the standings, but they uh, succeeded to. Uh, very terrible losses. <laughs> One was a five nothing loss in Toronto that I didn't watch, and frankly, I don't care. Uh, some guy scored. Everybody scored on a breakaway. Every Leaf had a breakaway. They all scored on it. It was a very weird. Another again, another weird anomaly for this season. They gave up a thousand breakaways in that game. Uh, some guy named John Tavares apparently scored on one. I'm sure it involved lots of cheering and high fiving in the Leafs press box with the the usual suspects. Uh, Sorokin had no help, and uh, it was very bad. And then they followed that up with a 2-1 loss to the Ottawa Senators. And if you had to sum up 
like Islanders' struggles over the last, uh, whatever, 30 years, 2-1 loss to the Ottawa Senators is usually a pretty good place to start because even when the Senators were an expansion team, they kind of ran the Islanders out of the building a lot of times. And this was a very boring, very terrible game to watch. The Islanders didn't really have much going on until the um, empty net situation in the third. Uh, Nelson scored late to make it 2-1. to one. Uh, again, Varlamov made 36 saves. It wasn't his fault. He only gave up two goals, but the Islanders just looked dead on their skates. Um, if you haven't read the recap over at Lighthouse Hockey, Jenny wrote it, and it's just like, you know, this is their sixth loss in a row. What are you going to do? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Nelson scored. That was it. That was the recap. I mean, you, what are you going to do? I said this is one of my favorite recaps ever. Like, what are you supposed to do with a game like this? Uh, and it was, you know, if that's rock bottom for the season, and the Islanders do have, you know, come back from the All-Star break. Uh, February 6th, by the way, would be their next game against the Flyers. And they go on some kind of crazy run and, you know, actually secure a playoff spot or something. Um, hopefully, we look back on that Ottawa game as sort of like the the nadir of the season. But, man, the ne- that watching that and then the next day, just I was ready to just trade everybody, fire everybody. Like, you know, it yeah. doesn't really get much worse than that. Again, just one of the worst teams in the league, and they just – you didn't even try. Like <laughs> you didn't even try. At least it didn't seem like you tried, and it just or you just weren't good enough to beat one of the worst teams in the league. It was crazy. So, but next two games erased all that. So there you go. We'll see what happens in the next few games. That that Senators loss. Um, you know, the, the less we talk about the Maple Leafs game, the better. And yeah, uh, they, they, had, they had a great first <laughs> period in that game, and, and then yes, oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, someone you know was texting me like, "Wow, maybe we're back." And and I just said. You know, like we we can't trust this team at all. Like we can't trust that that first period Islanders are going to show up for the second, and yeah. com- the the nineteen ninety nine two thousand Islanders actually showed up for the second <laughs> period. I, I, I think Scott Mayfield maybe had the worst game I've seen an Islander have in years in that game. Like an individually bad game. Uh, mm. uh, I, I I was flabbergasted, and, and I think he's just been really struggling lately, um, generally. Uh, so uh, whatever, but um. Yeah, then going into that Senators game, the the context that's also necessary of that game was we heard from Lou Lamarillo, like before, right. that, before the Senators game, and his press conference really you know made me mad because he was taking you know one thing that he's so good about is like just getting everyone to get to say like this is my fault, like I'm this is I I screwed up here, not nobody else, and then nuts not fixing it like he just is like you know that that's an that's enough like i took i took the blame and we can move on that was the every headline written about that mm. uh press hit was like lou lamarillo takes the blame for islanders scoring struggles uh and it was like no he's lovely he, yeah no he, 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 I, don't, I don't i mean taking the blame means like okay like fixing it too but um but i thought okay like maybe that the fact that he's on this trip or talk to the media is gonna get a fire under these guys and it didn't um and it just made me more mad after that game at i was apathetic about the team generally but like i was mad at the front office that that night like yeah. real, i was just like super upset um and then we heard all about the next day on, on from jeff merrick and freeman and everybody like that was a game they couldn't lose and true uh and, and it was like scoring struggles and and the fact that they can't like go into any further detail because of the way that this cone of silence is and uh, is outrageous and uh, like it's goes back to the to the point I was making before is that I just can't see anything coming because I can't fathom it like I can't 
I can't picture what the Islanders making a trade event looks like at this point because it just doesn't happen. Um, and even with these two wins, like it's so clear that what what the issue is. And and I was hope I'm hoping that it makes it more clear. Like, oh, this team can be really good because if they score three goals, generally they're going to win more than they lose because they have Tommy Sallow and and Ilya Sorokin in goal when when they're wearing the reverse retros. Like they have Varlamov was just so good and he 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 talked after the game about how his conditioning was better and and he just needed some time after the injury and hopefully that's true and he's he gets back on track because like with those two guys in goal and the schedule coming up if the islanders can just find a way to score three goals in a game most nights they're gonna win and hell man if they score four goals like look out like this team can really they haven't scored four goals since january 3rd they've scored one third period goal since then too um so like if they can just th- those numbers are so outrageously bad, but they've kind of been normalized because of how we look at this team. But right. if 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 those those numbers just went to like slightly below average or below league below average, and not like holy crap, historically bad, like that those that doesn't <laughs> sound right. Like uh, numbers like this team can can go on a rip because the 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 schedule coming out of the break is kind. And and I, I remember bef- when we were t- when we were in the Pacific Northwest part of this part of the schedule. I looked at that Toronto game and I said, if we can just kind of tread water until after Toronto, because you you just played Boston and Carolina and uh, you know Washington, uh, Toronto, like you you went through a really real big gauntlet. If you could just be treading water, that's a that's a good thing. Um, and they were close to drowning, and now they're they're back to kind of uh, not. So like. They did. They did kind of what I asked, and and they, the way they got to that was infuriating. And I th- my dad said it. He's like, "I'm happy they won, but they're a pain in the ass, man." And I was like, yeah, "That's exactly right. Like this team is but, such a pain in the ass." But yeah. if they they've done they they've gone through that gauntlet of a schedule, and they still have a chance. So if if you're going to if you're going to bolster this team, just like go, who knows? Like they could actually do something because of the goaltending and and what we just saw these last two games. But then again, they could come out and just be completely flat on on that Flyers game. Right. Regardless, it's just going to be so nice to have uh, seven seven days to yeah just n- not not be worried that the season's over and think about <laughs> you know see people on the timeline talking about trading a generational goaltender uh, yeah. just because they lost to the Senators on a Wednesday night. <laughs> I think your dad summed up the Islanders perfectly. They're good, but man, they're a pain in the ass. There's really no other way to put it. There's really no other way to put it. That's what they are. And and they will they will be until somebody scores more than, you know, one goal every 17 games. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Islanders break coming up, a little bit of All-Star stuff, and then uh I don't know. We'll see where we go. All right, come back on the other side. Thanks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now a word from our sponsors. First is always VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and jerseys featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code ANXIETY to save 15% off your order. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of, our, all of them are delicious. All of them are priced at less than $15 a bottle and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinoproject.com. Please drink responsibly. Uh, the fine folks at FOCO still have that uh, Anders Lee ret- reverse retro bobblehead up for pre-order. Do it now. Uh, don't forget, uh, that is the last re- reverse retro game you'll see was the one on Saturday night against Vegas. So who knows what they're going to do with these reverse retros next season. So pre-order that that bobblehead now and uh maybe it's a collector's item next year you never know and that is at foco.com and i got the link in there so you'll you'll see uh okay so the islanders do have a break for a week thank god uh we could all use it i think we could all it's safe to say uh the all-star extravaganza this year in in florida starts on friday with the skills competition the game is actually saturday at three o'clock uh brock nelson and Sorokin will be uh representing the islanders don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. I say this every year. I don't care what happened. Don't get hurt. That goes for both of you guys. Don't get hurt. All right? Please, I'm begging you. Um, that being said, they they you know made a mention that uh yeah, you never know. Maybe Ilya Sorokin becomes the second Isles goalie to uh win MVP of the uh, All-Star game. I can kind of see that. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But by all means, but above all else, don't get hurt. That's all I'm going to say about that. However, the skills competition is, again, on Friday uh, at night. I think it's on ABC, too. I'm not even sure. It'd definitely be on ESPN+. And um, they got all these weird gimmicks, like, cooked up. And I was watching uh, Jeff Merrick's thing from Hockey Night in Canada. Like, they do the thoughts thing. And he's explaining this whole sort of, like, thing where they have to, um, like, it's a combination of, like, goalie goals and, and trick shots and blah, blah. And I just, like my eyes started to glaze over and I'm like, what does this do for anybody? They've got uh, a bunch of uh, female players involved, which is great. That's awesome. Bring them out. But is this really how we want to do this with these like weird gimmick things? They had that with Vegas. They had that like weird uh, accuracy shooting thing at the Bellagio where they had like the, the cards up and it's just the way I look at this. and, And I came to this conclusion while watching a thing. I was watching the, um, Blues Avalanche game on ESPN Plus Saturday afternoon. And they had a whole thing on Kale McCarr, obviously the Norris Trophy winner uh, from last year and you know one of the better players in the league. And they had him talking to Blake Bolden, who was the uh, the interviewer. And, and he was so stiff and stilted. I just, I'm like, who is this for? Like, what is this supposed to be doing? He's like, you know, putting the juke move on her and then scoring on some goalie. I don't know who it was. And it's like, yeah, he's pretty good. I expect him to be able to do these kinds of things. And I just, he, he, there was something else I watched too this week where the guys were talking and they just clammed up immediately. Like the, as soon as the cameras were on, they really clammed up 
and it occurred to me that like nothing these people ever do to promote the NHL will ever go anywhere because these guys, as soon as the cameras are on, they don't, they don't want to let you in. They don't want to come out and say anything. Meanwhile, when the cameras are off and they're hanging out with their buddies, they're probably very engaging, fun, you know, funny people to hang out, with. but you're never going to see that side of them because I don't know. They don't want to show it to you or they're afraid or the NHL is, you know, uh, concerned that somebody, you know, uh, I don't know, might take something the wrong way. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's for whatever reason, whenever these guys talk, they're conditioned to be the most boring robotic people on earth. And, uh, it's not going to help the league, you know, get more popular or whatever. I don't think the the all-star game is ever going to do that anyway. So we're about to see a bunch of, you know, in addition to seeing, these guys playing this all-star game, which I actually do enjoy this, this format. I think it's actually pretty cool. And seeing them do the skills competition stuff. Oh, that was Merrick's other thing was Connor McDavid's not taking part in the fastest skater competition. Okay. Who cares? Like, fine. Don't let him. If he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to. It's fine. I don't care. Am I supposed to be upset about this? Like, I don't, it's just, I, I just, I don't know. It feels like this is, you know, a pathetic attempt to kind of get people like, look over here. We're hockey players, but then they see, you know, a bunch of guys and, and girls shooting pucks into, you know, a shark tank or something like, I don't what what is this? Is this supposed to get people to watch this sport? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to get people to watch more hockey, but I'm pretty sure it ain't this. So that's my rant on the all-star game skills competition. I used to love it, to be honest with you, you know, Matt Barzell winning that fastest skater competition was fantastic. I loved it, but I I don't know. I, I, for me, I just, the, the way it's presented is not, is not good. And I wish it could be a lot better, more fun, but they're never going to do anything like that. So I don't know. But anyway, Friday at 8, <laughs> ABC, Spam <laughs> yeah. Plus, check out the uh, All-Star Skills Competition. Are you going to be watching it or find something Probably else not. to do? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, one of the, um, the way I feel about the All-Star Games, like I just, it just doesn't excite me. And if, if like there's nothing else I want to be, yeah. if I'm literally doing nothing else, maybe yeah. I'll flip it on. But um, it's a Saturday afternoon, so chances yeah. are. Yeah, I mean, even the skills yeah. competition is the same thing. Like, maybe like it, but yeah. I heard something on Sirius NHL radio. I don't remember who it was, so I can't personally criticize this person for saying it. Um, but they were like, the quote was, "People watching on TV need to realize that this isn't for you. It's yeah. for the people that are there, like us." And I was like, "Yeah, wait." <laughs> well like sponsors and kids yeah, that's really like it, what it's for exactly you know? it's 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 so that you know matthew kachuk can can shoot a, a puck into a dunk tank that's sponsored by uh you know enterprise All or state. whatever yeah right and enterprise can, can then right. go to the board but see, and like, say, Look. right but see like kachuk is a perfect example like him and his brother i don't even know if brady's going to the all-star game but it doesn't really matter but like even if he, let's say he was, or like he knows guys on the flames. Like when he goes back to the bench, what is he saying? Like he's probably, you know, saying something funny or being off the cuff or doing whatever. Like that to me is more interesting than him saying, yeah, you know, I really tried to get all of it and uh, yeah. I really couldn't get it. And, you know, well, I guess I'll just try better next time. Well, thanks. That's great, dude. That's really very exciting. High energy uh, work here. So but yeah, that's, that's what you're going to get to, to a T. It's like, We'll 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 sort of do something cool, but let's make sure it doesn't get us in any trouble. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's it's. I mean, the. Do you remember that there was like a commercial back in when they first were coming back from the lockout, for two or three years in, and it was like all the guys in a hotel, 
it was like the Sedins and Ovechkin. They mm. like messing around. Almost like, you know, if you played like a, a soccer tournament or hockey tournament, you went to a hotel, like you, yeah. you'd cause all sorts of ruckus at like a Hilton in, in like Springfield, Massachusetts mm. or something. And yeah. uh, it, it was like that kind of thing. And, uh, and then a couple of years after that, they, they did the HBO 24-7 and, and it was awesome. And then it was almost like the NHL was like, "Woof, that was a little edgy. Uh, we yeah. might need to, let's just let's just dial it back a little bit here and yeah. and do stuff." And to, now we're at this point where um, they it really does feel like these skills competitions and all star games and like these NHL tentpole events are um, they're they're made for the media to be able to write a press release about them. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, yeah. oh man, Sasha Barkov won the NHL's accuracy you know, Carvel accurate shooter competition, <laughs> and and it's just a, a press press release written about it, and, and like that's what this the point is. Like, if we can get from A to B, and B being the the, the most bland press release ever written, that that's yeah. like almost what it is. And and these people in the media get so excited about it because they like the All Star competition because they go like it's they're going to all these people are going to florida and and they're going to work down there quote unquote work so like yeah they're they're please don't don't criticize the all-star game because it might go away and then my trip to florida is is gone Uh, this isn't for you it's for the media members to get down there and 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 have a have a be able to charge their um you know expense a a steak dinner at the to to the athletic or sports net and and see uh you know roman yossi and talk about how Man, isn't isn't he? He's a beast, isn't he? Like, yeah. yeah, he is. Like, the coolest thing that hockey players do is play hockey against one another. Like, hockey is a very fun yeah. sport to watch. It's it gets the heart rate yeah. going, and so when you when you take away the hockey, like, right, it becomes a different kind of conversation entirely. These are just yeah. people who've who've been who are professional athletes, live in these crazy bubbles, and they're cho- really trained and never get themselves in you know, step out of line and get themselves in trouble. That's why when, when one, when Brad Marchand tweets one little thing, like everyone's like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, did you see Mar- Marchand gave the eyes emoji to David Krejci, maybe returning? <laughs> like this, here's, here's, here's three podcasts about it. Oh, that was great. Right. Wasn't it? Like, no, he, he just did a normal human activity. Mm. Um, uh, so just this week at the athletic, there was a very, very in-depth story about a certain, Maple Leafs captain who isn't quite as robotic as you think. And it, <laughs> it revealed some uh, deep, dark secrets in that he's a very slow poker player and he likes music, which, you know, is just mind bogglingly, you know, mind blowingly revealing for this man. It makes him such a special, wonderful sunflower in a field of grass that uh, he has to be uh, written about for a thousand words. It's, it's that and that's that's the whole that's that's everybody too like that's like every media outlet they probably like oh man i wish i got that exclusive you're right maybe i'll maybe i'll do that one for jason robertson and tell everyone that jason (laughs) jason robertson's pregame meal is actually you know craft mac and cheese because that's what he had when he was a kid like look out guys like how 30 let's do 30 minutes on that jesus christ yeah, it's it's pretty but, bad, but, but you know that stuff just bleeds yeah. into the to the all star game. Unfortunately, like the imagination is gone because the the, the right. people covering the sport, <laughs> yeah, make it, make oh, it and, incredibly tough to have one. Yeah. Oh, and I, and listen, I I don't want to you know the players too. Like 
they they're yeah. as complicit in this as right. the people covering. Like they just they don't want to let you know anything. We've had some incidents lately where you know the players have made decisions that were hugely unpopular and hurtful to a lot of customers who rightly feel marginalized already, and they got called out on it. And then the whole other group of people gets all mad about it. Uh, I don't know. Again, we, we, we run up against this, this issue, you know, a couple of times a year, like, you know, how can hockey get more popular? Nobody knows, like nobody knows. And, yeah. and they'll never figure it out <laughs> because it won't be, it never had yeah. the only thing that ever made hockey popular. And I'm sure I've said this on the show before was 16 bit NHL games, because you can sit down with a friend. You didn't have to know a goddamn thing. And you just played. And if your Hartford Whalers beat their Quebec Nordiques and you had fun for 15 minutes, that was all that mattered. And then that bled, that led you to finding, the real whalers or the real Nordiques or the real Bruins or the Penguins or whoever. Uh, and that, that was the best, the best gateway into this sport was NHL 93 or NHL PA 93 or NHL 94, those kinds of games. And they've never had a single thing since then right. that made that gateway as accessible. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, you know, Tre- Trevor Zegris scored a goal or didn't oh even God. score a goal. He, he, he passed the puck to Sonny Milano. <laughs> 15 months ago and, and the nhl is still trying to yeah. figure out how to take that right. moment and, and make sure yeah. that it it grows the game okay 15 Go. months later on a, on a on a terrible team uh and, right yeah so the nhl has been has been pumping that goal for a year and a half now uh and what i want everybody to do is go to your neighbor whether at home or at work. And if you're in a conversation and the sport of hockey comes up, you say, Hey, have you ever heard of Trevor Zegers? No, <laughs> they're going to say, no, I don't. He plays for the Anaheim ducks. The who that great job guys. Good job. Really, really, really milking that thing for all it's worth. Okay. That's enough of that. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So a few days off for the Islanders. We'll be back next Sunday, regardless. And uh, we'll talk about what happened at the all-star game. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Yeah. I'm begging you guys. Don't. Especially either one of you, but especially Ilya. Don't get hurt. Um, but uh, we'll be back to talk about it. Hopefully it's a fun time. Um, you know, I'll, I'll probably watch the game again. I have, I have no place to go on Saturday, so I'll probably watch the game anyway. Uh, and I'll probably take in a little bit of the skills competition. And uh, then we'll preview uh, the Islanders week coming up, which is the sixth, um, the week of the sixth Monday. They play the Flyers and then they play Seattle back to back. They need to get revenge on the Kraken for that game out in Seattle. So that'll be fun to watch. And then they have the Canucks on Thursday. We have a new coach. That's exciting. Uh, By the way, speaking of Seattle and Vancouver, uh, very impressive work by Seattle chanting Bruce, there it is, during the first game of the Rick Tockett era uh, of the Canucks. That's some impressive level coaching, I got to say, for a second. uh, That's some impressive level trolling for a – second year expansion team. I was, I was very impressed by that. You know, people like, Oh, Johnny Goudreau is going back to Calgary. What's going to happen? And people politely cheered him and gave him a little bit of booze. Nobody did it the way Islanders fans did it when Tavares came back. But, and this doesn't, uh, this isn't anywhere in that neighborhood, but I was still very impressed. It's very, very cr- creative there for the uh, Seattle uh, fans. It, so on you. <laughs> that, I, I actually want to just quickly talk about that Goudreau thing. I like six or seven different reporters are like, this is how you, this is how you do it. Like, yeah, you cheer during the tribute video, then you boo when he touches. Like this is it. Like you, once again, you aren't a fan. Like you're yeah. you're paid to cover the game. You're a member of the media. The the mm. sign says no cheering in the press box. You are supposed to mm. just be an observer and a reporter. Like you wouldn't know how like how a fan is supposed to react to this thing. So stop for the love yeah. of God. 
<laughs> please the, there's no fan handbook like you can be yes. a fan however you want you can you can want the islanders to to trade Ilya Sorokin you can want the islanders to trade the farm for Timo Meyer there's no right or wrong answer because it doesn't re- you're not the one making the decision so like however you want to feel is fine you can be a fan however you want we can disagree about it like i want to you know, please make sure that Ilya Sorokin is never traded. But like, <laughs> you, you can feel however you want, and you can boo whoever you want, and you can th- yell at wh- during a tribute video, like whoever you want, because you're the fan. Like you, you, Eric Francis at Sportsnet, don't have a job if these people don't show up. So let just can we just stop with like yeah. this is how you this is this is how you mm. this is how you be a this is how you do a tribute video one oh one like right. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want, please. Well, like, that was also, you know, the, the good people of Calgary versus the trash of Long Island. Right. So there's also that element to it. Yeah, too, the, but, those, yeah. those South Shore dirtbags showed up. Again. The, psycho, <laughs> the psychopaths are back in the nosebleeds at, at UBS Arena. They, right. you know, shut <laughs> hell up, please. Yeah. Um, I, was, uh, I was very disappointed in Calgary's uh, um, reaction there. But again, I was very impressed with Seattle's uh, trolling. Yeah. Of- that's cool. Yeah, what well, I mean, uh, it was, it, yeah. and, and the the Canucks thing too. Like people uh, mm-hmm. on thir- like thirty two thoughts, they were like, "We're not going to talk about the Canucks off the job." And, and Marek was like making a bit about it. And like the other thing is, like, can we just shut up about this team now? Like, can we just shut <laughs> the hell up about the Canucks for like mm. three months? Like, or you know, whatever. Just wait till the trade deadline. If if something happens, go ahead. But nothing has happened besides this team finally did one thing. <laughs> which was they fired a head coach. Like they hadn't done anything. I don't know if people realize that. Like they hadn't done a thing in the 18 months that they we've been talking about this team since Travis Green got fired. They hadn't yeah. done a thing. They they, they re-signed JT Miller. Like they hadn't changed their team at all. And we just incessantly talked about what this team is going to do, how it's going to change. What are they going to do moving forward? You can talk about that once. And then when nothing happens, can you just stop? <laughs> and then we can pick up that conversation again in like three or four weeks when nothing yeah. still has happened. Let's check back in. Nothing's happened. Let's move on. Same with Jacob Chikrin. Has Jacob oh Chikrin been traded? Don't even get me yes started. or no? No? Okay. Yeah. Let's move on. Please. I'm, can, can I'm we just so talk over this. Yes. Can we just talk you about You know who's like, in on him now? Things? The Senators oh, yeah. are in on Chikrin. Oh, no, no. It's the Leafs. Oh, no, no. It's the it's the Oilers. It's because, I mean, you're seeing a pattern here. Like it's yeah. Canucks, Oilers, like. They, they, I don't know. It's, it is funny. And you're right. The Canucks finally did something. And, and what did they do? They hired Rick Tockett, the most <laughs> mid uh, guy on the TNT panel and a guy who's been a mid head coach for two separate franchises. So good luck with that. Cause so basically we're going to do all this again in a year when they fire right. Rick Tockett. Like that's, right. and then they're paying four coaches, it seems. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, so the Canucks on Thursday. Uh, at UBS, and then Saturday is a matinee game in Montreal, which is clearly a scheduled loss. So don't even bother. What? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the Habs also stink. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see how that goes. But um, you know, uh, I, should I? I don't want to even tempt fate, but I'm just let me just say that that is a week that the Islanders can definitely pick up a lot of points. So stop me if you've heard this before, but it's going to go a long way into determining how the rest of the season plays out because they only have 30 games. Like that's. And the four of them get played in the first week. So, you know, right after that, you're down to 26. And, and you know, the, before you know it, the season is over. There's only you know, two months left. So, um, we'll, uh, we'll, you know, we could be here. We could be in for a long ride, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, we'll have to see. Uh, Michael Leboff, any final thoughts on uh, the week that was and the uh, the week of vacation ahead? 
Oh man, yeah, I'm just I'm happy that they are still in it. Like the season's still on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> still is. Somehow, impossibly. Impossibly. Still on. Still yeah. on. Uh where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Um, no, no update by the way on uh, our you know situation uh, at Lighthouse Hockey. Obviously, we're still we're still there until the end of the month. We're still going to post there no matter what. But uh, we're still looking for a home email, uh, you know, permanent home and a new host. Uh, by the way, so uh, emails have been exchanged and and wheels are in motion, but uh, nothing really new to report. So uh, we'll yeah. and once again, thank you to, to so many people that reached out with. I yes. and just like warm wishes and thanks and whatever. Yeah, we've heard from a lot of great people and yeah. it's been very, very, you're, you're all very, very kind. Let's put it that way. Yeah, shot to and, the uh, ego. Just walking yeah. around, walking around with a giant ego now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we still like to hear some ideas, you know, for what you guys want and don't want uh, going forward, uh, you know, for a new, uh, new, for new stuff. Cause uh, again, we've, Basically, we've been forced to hit the reset button, so we might as well see what else we can uh, do and change uh, and add. I shouldn't say we're not going to change anything. We're just going to probably add some new stuff. Uh, and that's about it. So uh, we will talk to you again next week after the All-Star Game. Enjoy it uh, if you watch it. And if you don't, don't. It's cool. You don't have to. <laughs> You'll forget. You're going to forget who wins the day after anyway, so don't worry about it. Remember to read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for as long as you can. Uh, for the most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Also, uh, real quick programming thing. Sunday night, I'm going to be on Hockey Night New York with Sean Cuthbert. It's on Twitch starting at around 8 o'clock. The, it'll be on YouTube the next day. So if you can't check it out uh, live, you can check it out then. And uh, please do. It's a great show. Sean's had had his show for a long time. I've been on it a couple of times, and he's a great guy. So uh, make sure you check that out, Hockey Night New York. Look it up. Uh, but we'll be back uh, next week. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.